Hey folks, it's Tomo, Sean, and Andrew from What's Going On Here. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's Going On Here. My name is Tomo Loverick, or as I am known in surgical salons as Tila. And with me, as always, I have my two companions, uh, wonderful people, uh, salt of the earth guys, starting with the one, the only, the union organizing and labor champion, Mr. Sean Quigley, a.k.a. known as the Quig, as he is known in, hmm, where's the Quig known as the Quig? Let's say car salesman circles. How are you, Sean? I'm good. I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to get into union stuff. I'm not going to get into union stuff because I had a thing today with the union that involved a thing and another person and a thing. And if I get into it, it's it sort of against the whole point of what I'm doing. Yeah. It can legally be a thing. Not you only. You know what? I'll, I'll say this much. I'm glad you're keeping that because when a thing is involved with a thing and then you have a person involved with that thing, that yeah. usually leads to gonorrhea. So let's just leave it off the table. Oh, yeah. Or HPV. Or HPV, fuck, yes, thank you for bringing that up. Thank you very much. Okay, and then the third member of our group, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, the young, the charming, the face of our organization. Like, if we were the A-team, uh, Howling Man Murdoch is obviously in the nuthouse somewhere, or shall we say a mental health facility. I would be Hannibal. Uh, Sean was obviously B.A. Baracus. He just needs some freaking gold chains. And uh, Andrew would be face man. Uh, so the face, Andrew Albergis, or RIC is known as AA at Brooks Brothers stores everywhere. Andrew, how are you, sir? Good, good. I'm doing good. Brooks Brothers. Yeah. You'd probably cut a fine figure in a Brooks Brothers suit, I would think. You know what? I might. I just might. Come on, dude. Look at you. You're like a you're like model pretty. Stop. Come on. Brooks Brothers. Brooks Brothers sells suits. What's the store? They used to be in the malls you'd go to and like they had like the things to massage your feet. Everyone would go and act like they were going to buy it. Brookstone. Brookstone. Okay, yeah. Brookstone. Right, you'd act like you were actually interested in buying it, but really you're just sitting down no, and getting a massage no, no, no. on one of those massages yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you'd <laughs> fuck off. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> powered kebabs that you would yeah. put on the fucking grill and then had a light at the end of it for some fucking reason. Like, what do I need to see in the grill while I'm cooking? I, yeah, yeah. So we got, you only have to pay $12 a month for the rest of your life. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, okay, folks. Well, uh, for those of you that don't know by now, uh, we are a podcast that does uh, talks about things that happen in the popular zeitgeist. We used to start, we used to do just uh, TV shows and movies few, few people have heard of and uh, watch the middle 20 minutes and figure out what's going on here. 
But there's so much shit going on in the world every day that there's plenty to talk about with what's going on here. So that's what we do. And the main part of our show, if you guys don't know, is we review adult beverages. And today, for those people that may not know, uh, I am five weeks out of surgery as of tomorrow. So that, that was a little bit of a hiatus there. So today is kind of an R&R episode. So we're kind of just winging it. And we're going to pick our topics as we go along. But we each have our own drink that we brought. So, uh, Andrew, would you please introduce, since I feel like in terms of respect, yours gets the most just out of the name, if nothing else. Shall yes. you introduce it, Andrew? I will be drinking a little bit of this here. Old Granddad 114, uh, which is uh, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, 114 proof. Mm. Old Granddad is, uh, well, many people know it because it's one of the older bourbons that's been around for a long time. One of those staple bourbons, at least that's my understanding of it. And uh, for uh, a nice 114 proof bourbon, it's quite affordable. Mm. So it's not a bad, uh, bad choice. So I got that just uh, on the rocks here. Excellent. And that's by the old granddad distillery company out of Frankfurt, Kentucky, correct? That's right. Okay. Sean, what do you have, my friend? I have uh, the Prussian Imperial Stout from the Workhorse Brewing Company. Excellent. Um, it is 10%. I fancied something. It, and it's a uh, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Uh, I fancy something a little uh, darker with the changing of the seasons feeling. Okay. Um, and it just irritates me so much that it's all IPAs. I like an IPA, but yes. I go to the store and there's like a hundred beers. Yes. But 80 of them are IPAs. Yeah. Like it's yeah, so I, frustrating. I, I, I was kind of like when I was going to the store today trying, I was like, oh, that, I was like, God, everything is IPA. Let me, and then. Like I said, I picked up some some stouts, like KBS stout, and I'm like, it's just a little bit too hot today for it. So I didn't want to do the stout. So I went old country. Um, yours is 55 IBU, I believe, uh, is what they said. And I went with some old school German beer. Because it's R&R and I'm recovering from surgery, uh, this is Echt Schlenkerle Rauchbier, which is a Merzen, and it's by the Brauerei Heller out of Bamberg, Bayern, Germany. This is a historic smoked beer, which they basically smoke the uh, uh, hops and the malt and then brew it. Uh, so I'm curious to see it. It's not super strong. It's 5.1%, but it's a medicine. So that, you know, it's kind of like a lager. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. And it's a lovely bottle too. And that's where we're at. Uh, I, and the reason why I picked the German beer is I was born in Germany, so I'm kind of like, hey, I'm recovering. Let me, let me reach back into the country of my birth and bring that forth. So, um, oh, I was about to say without further ado, but Sean just left. So, oh, he, oh, oh lights, he's I, adjusting the light. I, I, it, the, the room I'm in, which is the playroom slash piano room slash <sighs> my office, right. um, there is a light, the main light, and it is somehow connected to some kind of timer or sensor somewhere on our property. And I have no idea what turns it on or off, but it will click and you hear it click. It goes click and it turns off and then it will click back on again and it will click back off. And during the day, you don't realize, but at night when I'm concentrating, it's a real pain. I so bet. 
better to have it off. I think there's a raccoon walking like by the side of the house and it goes click <laughs> and then click because this used to be yeah. a porch. You know what it is? <laughs> some some pervert set that up out there in Ringwood, New Jersey to turn on the lights when you're walking naked in front of there so he could be in the front yard just like rubbing one out while you're walking by. <laughs> so maybe at the end of the episode you could just Go Starkers. And, and, it and makes sense. The guy we show. bought this house from, uh, we still get some of his accidental mail, and he's the uh, treasurer for the local uh, Cub Scouts um, out of the, the runs out of the church. Uh, so, so, I know, so that that tracks. It tracks. <laughs> and he used, to have a lot, he used to have a lot of guns in the basement. Uh, oh, my goodness. All right. Well, on that note. On that note, this is going to be a great show. So, uh, Sean? Let's give the uh, the listeners a little sound of what's happening when we open it up. And uh, did you already open and pour? <laughs> I already did. <laughs> okay. And Andrew has uh, some booze. Okay. So I will do my bottle opening here. Oh, there we go. And I will do my pour for the listeners. Oh, look at color. Ooh. I guess this is what a smoked beer looks like. This is, this, my mug, uh, this mug is from the very finest beer mug from medieval times Ooh. that I ran through the dishwasher once and the, <laughs> and, and the logo is disappeared immediately. Gone. Gone. Instantly. <laughs> Just clean off. Just clean <laughs> off. No remnants <laughs> of it whatsoever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny you should say that because uh, the nephews bought Annie for Christmas two little like glass, like tea mugs, you know? And it says, or for both of us, and it said, like, number one aunt or world's best uncle or something like that. And so we used them for Christmas, and we put them in the dishwasher, and now it just says number and aunt. You know, <laughs> it's just like, did this say cunt before? I, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. We're trying. Welcome to episode yes, one. Here we go. Oh. Well, this is an odd flavor. Um, why don't I go first, since it is a smoked beer. Um, it's good carbonation. It drinks easily enough. The head is really thick, almost like it's a stout. Because when I tried it, it was almost like drinking a stout. And you can see how dark it is. But as I have it, you know, it kind of tastes like a lager. But it, almost like a porter or something, but not chocolatey. Almost like, I, like I'm getting notes of barbecue. And I guess that's the smoke. Mm. So it's kind of nice. And right now... I wish more than anything I had a plate of hot fries or some freaking ribs or chicken wings to go with it because I would think this would be fantastic with barbecue. So I, so far I like, I, I guess I'll see how it goes towards the end of the episode, but uh, this is kind of nice. I'm enjoying this. Uh, who wants to go next? Uh, okay, this, uh, this is good. Let me try a little, uh, hmm. This is interesting. This is, I like, it's a Russian imperial style, and uh, it lives up to the name because it's kind of no nonsense. Um, you get a lot of these darker beers. 
that sort of justify their darkness or their high alcohol percentage by putting, you know, it's like an oatmeal stout or it's a right. chocolate blah, blah. And there's always something lingering in the background that's kind of like trying to tickle your taste buds. Like, oh, look, feel this. But this is like no Straight nonsense. Up. This is just, this is dark alcoholic beer and it tastes like it should. Right. It's no messing. It's in Russian imperial stuff. It is. It's good. It's like, yeah, straight straight from the Donetsk region. <laughs> no fucking around. Um, yeah, I guess the nice. job done. Nice. Well, speaking of no fucking around, uh, Andrew, how's that one fourteen proof? It's really good. Um, I've got a a big ice cube like a big rock for it but i had filled my ice trays earlier today and i don't think that they fully froze mm. so i'm getting a little a little melty in here it's actually a little more watered down like like i just poured this when we right as we were getting started and the ice is already quite melted and usually these big ones big rocks stay for a while so i think it's i think it wasn't quite totally frozen so it's a little more watered down than it should be which okay. is not not terribly ideal but that's not that's not old granddad's fault that's my fault. Um, the old granite's great. It's uh, I've had it before. The bourbon is really good. It's nothing, you know, out of this world, but it's got a lot of quite a bit of flavor and smokiness to it. It's quite strong when you first sip it, sip on it, um, but it's not harsh as it goes down, which is really it's almost takes you back because when you first sip on it, you really get all of the strength of that one fourteen, and you kind of think like, "Ooh, this can be really harsh." Um, but then it goes down smooth. So it's almost like the best of both worlds. Okay, um, nice. So uh, yeah. now, give me a comparison compared to, um, oh, what was the one that I partook of a little too much? Uh, uh, um, it was Elijah Craig we had, Elijah right? Craig, Elijah Craig, yeah, yeah. Compared to Elijah Craig, what, what do you think? Uh, it's definitely stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say on smoothness, they're probably about the same. The Elijah Craig maybe has a little bit more flavor and things going on where this has a little bit more of the bitey smokiness to it so it kind of depends what you like you know okay all right very good all right i guess we'll grade all of these suckers uh at the end of the episode all right so um right gents it's a free-for-all what do we want to talk about do you do we want to talk about uh the first episode of she-hulk what do we think did you see it Sean? yes I saw the first and the second episode. Oh, you saw the second. I didn't see the uh, second yet. Yeah, I haven't seen the you second see, one yet. You haven't no. seen the second. I saw the first. I saw the first. Yeah, okay. So what did you boys think? I enjoyed it. My wife instantly, I can say my wife hated the fact that she turned to the camera and started talking. That is such a trigger for her. She hates any time watching anything. I think it's because early on in our relationship, I had made her watch uh, Woody Allen movies. Um and she sort of half pretended that she was into them, but she fucking secretly hated them. Uh, and um, it's so hard now being like fans of people who turn out to be like rap bastards, and you spend your your youth like convincing everyone else that they're the idiots, and now those people that never liked them are like, hmm, hmm, what can you, you say about me now? <clears throat> it's like, oh, I'll, I'll say this: I never found Woody uh, Allen funny. Like in his movies, I was just like, and I mean, it, it might have been a product of I was seeing them in my youth. So like I didn't get a lot of it. But even like in my teenage years and I'd watch like Woody Allen movie and I, like, I'd last like 
10 minutes and be like, yeah, no, I, I don't want to. So I've never been a fan. So I can understand where you're coming from, from the other side. Like when like yeah. it turned out he was a creep, it's kind of like, he's always been kind of creepy. I mean, I, I'm surprised people didn't see that before because he's always a creepy character in his movies. Yeah, I think the problem with him more than anything that what makes him difficult now is so much of the reason that people liked him on myself is that he portrayed someone who, if he wasn't so unaggressive and so un, uh, you know, such not a threat because he was so passive and so neurotic, he mm. would be creepy. But he only seemed creepy. But because he's so like, oh, it's funny. But then when it comes out that actually he's potentially kind of like predatory or like sort of, it's like, oh shit, that is just creepiness then. <laughs> yeah, it's it's creepy. He was just playing himself. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, um, I enjoyed it. Um, I like Tatiana Maslany's work. And for those of you, I don't know if you guys, either of you guys watched uh, Orphan Black ever? Nope. No, I've heard good things, but no, I've never seen it. Yeah, no, she's she was brilliant in Orphan Black. She literally plays like, 14 characters or some shit like that that are like mm. all distinctly different characters you know it's like whoa you know when you these character actors that that you know you've seen for ages throughout hollywood and you're just like and then it hits you like they never made like became a big star they were never a lead but you're like that person's an excellent actor because they're never the same mm-hmm. they're never the same character no matter even if the characters are very similar they're never the same character kind of stuff so um i was looking forward to it I enjoyed it. I thought it was a little, I don't know if I liked the breaking the fourth wall thing with her, because I think they're trying to tap into that Deadpool thing a little bit. And I I don't know if I was a fan of that in particular, but I liked, I really enjoyed the way they tackled the, the, the change when she would change back and forth. And Bruce was like, wait a minute, we're breaking new territory. Because, you know, in the comic books, he not only has, like, the Hulk, he has multiple personalities. And, of course, the comic books, like, basically rode this dragon where a different personality would come out and he was the Grey Hulk, who was just, like, a criminal mastermind. And then it turned out the Hulk had a split Hulk personality, who was, like, the most powerful Hulk. And just basically, he's got so many dissociative personalities that I thought this might be, like, a really cool, I guess, intro so that shit might go bad with with the character where she just like changes that will and she's like yeah now I'm this and now I'm this and now I'm regular and so I like that part of it I think it's a great explanation the way they did that with saying that I'm a woman I'm like I'm constantly regulating my emotions I'm constantly like in rage and furious and just have to get on with it and if yes. I gave into it nothing would ever get done I'm like that's a really good explanation of why it is it was I... whereas the whole card you know? Right, right, right. I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I thought it might have gotten a little bit, but it was fun anyway. You know, it's, it's a little bit for the kids, like that whole relationship. No, my bar, you know, uh, she's like shows off and throws rock further than him. And he just launches another fucking rock into like outer space, you know, kind of like because the male ego got like a little bit bruised. And, you know, um, I enjoyed it. I thought it ended kind of abruptly. I don't know if you guys felt that for the first time. Yeah. Second yeah, episode even more. Second episode is, is is shorter. Second episode is about seven minutes shorter. Really, uh, and it feels it. It literally is like what? It's over. Like because we Cause used I to. Felt, you know, I felt that way with the first one. I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, Andrew, what did you think? 
Yeah, I, I'm starting to feel like, and I didn't watch Miss Marvel, but with the other Disney Plus shows that I've seen, that we've all seen, like the, particularly the Marvel ones, um, I just feel like they don't do that much. Like not that much really happens in these shows. And I'm starting to feel like, why are we watching them? Or what's the point of these shows? Like Moon Knight, I think I, we talked about this. I don't know if on the podcast or just separately, but I thought the first episode was awesome. It like set everything up, but didn't really answer anything and got you all hyped for like, oh, what's going to happen. And yeah. then I feel like most of the episodes throughout the run, like a little something would happen here and there, but like you spent 30 to 30 minutes to an hour, however long the episodes are where like, it didn't feel like that much happens. And then it's only whatever they were, six or seven episodes total. And then the next thing you know, you're on the last episode and they kind of sort of tie everything up in the last episode. And so I, with this, I felt for the first episode, not that much interesting happened. It felt mm-hmm. like all, it was like, the whole thing was just like, you know, expo- exposition and backstory, but yeah. not done in that interesting of a way. It was just like, oh, hey, this is what happened to me. Cuts a flashback. I got in an accident and then there's just a long, the whole episode was just her and, you know, Bruce Banner like hanging out and basically giving you all the exposition, which I didn't think was that clever or that well done. In my opinion, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was just like, it just kind of happened. It was okay. Um, it was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big Hulk fan too. Um, he's not my favorite Marvel character, obviously, but he is, you know, one of my, uh, I've always really liked the Hulk and I always like Hulk when he goes crazy and rages out and everything. And I think Hulk from like the first Avengers movie was like a great example of like a fun Hulk. And I, I thought, you know, in uh, Endgame when they introduced smart Hulk, I was kind of disappointed, which I know there's, you know, comic book origins to that and everything, but I just didn't find it that interesting or that, you know, I felt like, especially in Endgame, it felt like he got completely sidelined and they did that just out of convenience because that way they didn't have to really figure out how to work in a big, strong, powerful Hulk and blah, blah, blah. Um, So then in this show with him being smart Hulk dealing with her, I again, just felt like I wanted, I want my Hulk back. I want like the cool Hulk back, Um, which we may never get, but that's fine. But also there was just some weird, like she drove into the Hulk with a Jeep and he couldn't stop it. She yeah. like ran him over with the Jeep and he was like, oh, and he falls over and she drives off. This is the Hulk. Yeah. You like can stop the Hulk to... with a Jeep. So, well, that's, that's, that's written away easily. One, he kind of got on top of the truck. So he wasn't standing in the ground. And two, he didn't want to wreck his truck. So you could easily write that away. And I, I understand your point because that my initial reaction was that. But at the same time, it was a little bit like he doesn't want to damage the truck. He doesn't want to hurt his cousin. Two. So that that you could write that away with that, but I mean I I understand your point what you're saying like it was just background and not a whole hell of a lot otherwise happening. I guess ultimately I was like, why should I watch the rest of this show and care about these characters, other yeah. than the fact that because it's Marvel and you know Kevin Feige and all of Marvel have told me I need to watch all of this to know what's going on. It's it's, like, it's weird because. I think they've basically, they might have shot themselves in the foot with Disney Plus. Yeah. Because I feel like they're doing, and I've probably talked about this on the show before. I remember years ago when the first Star Wars sequel came out, right? With 
when they introduced Finn and, and Ray and all the characters, all the new characters, right? And I remember seeing the movie and just being utterly disappointed with the exception of seeing like Han and Chewie together where, you know, I got chuffed up because like the nostalgia hit me like a ton of bricks, right? And I remember talking to a buddy from college and he's a huge Star Wars fan. He's like, oh, what did you think of the movie? And I was like, I thought it was garbage. And he was like, what, what are you talking about? No, well, no, see what you need. You need to look at, you need to get the book and read the book and that explains. And I was just like, time out, stop. If I need a fucking book to explain what was happening in the movie, then the movie was garbage. Mm-hmm. because you didn't achieve anything you were supposed to achieve as a storyteller, as mm-hmm. a movie maker. And if you need that book to explain everything. Why am I seeing the movie? Right. Well, why did I see the movie? And I feel like Marvel is kind of getting themselves caught in that trap. Yeah. They're showing the movies. Now, all of the movies up to Endgame, everything was a movie, right? They didn't have a little format. And so you got tidbits here and there. But that's why it was like how many 50 movies before Endgame happened or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Right? And I feel like these are just little tidbits that they're throwing in to have, you know, Miss Marvel in there for three minutes, to have Moon Knight in there for, to help them talk to the gods, you know, to, you know, just to have these like ancillary characters. Yeah. Five minutes and to explain why they fit so well in the big overall picture. Right. Does it justify six episodes of a show though? It's like, that's, that's the question, right? Right. Um, and I think part of this too, and I don't know what you guys think, but I have felt that this, um, what are they on now? What are they? This is phase four of the MCU, right? Cause phase three ended was Endgame, And then, uh, right. Spider-Man, uh, far from home was like the technically the last one in phase three. So now they're on phase four. I have felt that phase four, which includes what all the shows so far that we've had on Disney plus Dr. Strange and Multiverse of Madness, um, Thor, Love and Thunder. What else? Eternals. um, All these with the exception of Spider-Man No Way Home. I haven't found any of these movies or shows to be like overly compelling. Right. I've all found, so for the most part, they've all been like, oh, it was good. I enjoyed watching them. But like, I didn't, they don't stay with me. They don't, you know, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I enjoyed it while I watched it. But yeah, yeah, you know, there's okay. not much yeah, that yeah, yeah. stays with me. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, same thing. Um, Eternals, I hated. I thought it was a terrible movie. Um, oh. So with all of that, then you give me the first episode of She-Hulk. And I'm not like really that drawn or taken by it i'm like yeah. what are we maybe why do, do i need to invest whatever many episodes this is going to be six eight episodes you yeah. know six or eight hours of my time and watch I, all of this or am i just like well that's that's what i'm saying i think they caught themselves in a the trap here and and these are all just going to be like they're, they're being marvel about it right there's going to be a payout in the end there's a payout for all these movies right there was a payout for technically for um there's going to be a payout for Hawkeye. There's going to be a payout for Scarlet Witch. There's going to be a payout for uh, uh, She-Hulk. There's going to be a payout for Mass Marvel. And I feel like the payout is not going to be worth, like you said, the investment here. Like you're going six to eight episodes. So you're literally going two to four big movies that you could have done, right? Yeah. And, and it's just, like you said, it's not, with the exception of Loki, 
which really set up phase four, right? Because Kang is probably going to be the big bad guy. Now, yeah, yeah. Right? And I did enjoy it. That was probably the best show. And you, without a doubt, I, hands down. And then you have, um, you know, phase four, and they're talking about Secret Wars. Secret Wars is, is the big Marvel, you know, thing from way back when, when Jim Shooter did it back in the 80s. And then they mm. uh, did a Secret Wars 2. And that's where a lot of, I'm guessing that's where they're basing a lot of the other characters from. And with the multiverse, I think they're setting that up that eventually you will have like an angry Hulk. And then in the comic books, there was a Hulk called, what the hell was he called? Like the Professor or some shit like that. Professor Hulk, I think is what they called him, right? Uh, well, he was just like in huge Hulk form. He had his intelligence about him. He had long gray hair and he, no, uh, Maestro or something like that. Mm. They called him. And he was just basically like this, like, he was basically Thanos for lack of a better comparison, you know? And so I'm thinking that's where they're going with this because they're going with the multiple timelines. They're going with multiple dimensions. And I think they're, they're, they want to blow our minds in the long run with everything. But right now, like you said, out of all of these shows, and I'm a big Moon Knight fan. I enjoyed Moon Knight. I love the character. And I thought Oscar Isaac really did him very well. Yeah, same here. And so, but the only one that was really compelling was Loki. Yeah. So. I think we're about to get a big, I think the um, momentum is going to shift. And I think DC is going to kick it back. I think everyone's talking about how the Batgirl thing and being cancelled and how that's we should talk about that. I think it's the opposite. I think from what I've heard, Flash, the reason that they were putting all out when Ezra Miller is like behaving like a fucking crazy cult leader yep. and they're and, and they're putting everything behind not cancelling him and getting him better because everything I'm hearing is apparently the Flash testing. Everything, everyone that's seen the Flash movie said that this is like next level good. Like it's really good. Yeah. And I think they're really going to be pushing that. And there's something about... Did they say that about like the, the Snyder movies too though? Probably. That it Maybe. was like next level good? I but I think... Aren't they also, sorry, Shauna, you're probably saying no, this no, already, no. but just, just this is probably an important point on this. I think they're also using the Flash movie because that's, uh, what are they calling it? Flash point or flat? It's something from the comic yeah, books. They did, it, they did it in the Flash TV show too. Yeah, Flash point is basically the Flash goes back in time to yeah. rescue his mother. And it changes the timeline and opens up the multiverse and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so exactly. I think... I think, Sean, it's entirely to your point that like DC is coming and bringing a whole whatever. They're, they're trying to get all this shit together. I think that this Flash movie is critical for whatever they have planned because I think they're using this to introduce the multiverse to basically fill all the holes and all of the gaps between like, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman versus Robert Pattinson's Batman versus, you know, they might, I don't know if they're going to do anything with the CW TV shows or that's going to somehow get incorporated, but whatever, because with the, with the multiverse, you can make it whatever you want it to they're, be. They're totally so I think doing they're, that. I was so I, totally I doing that because a, on the TV show, they had Ezra Miller pop on, didn't they? Oh, I think they did. Yeah, I, I yeah. stopped watching the shows uh, in the more recent years, but I remember seeing something about that. But yeah, I think they're, I think they're using this movie to introduce the multiverse and just kind of course correct so they can yeah. kind of move ahead however they want. Um, which would be because you know you think about it, you're like, why don't they just scrap this movie if he's such a? 
you know what they should do? They should just get rid of Ezra Miller and have Christopher Plummer come and do the scenes. There you go. Just dig him out the grave. Fucking CGI him into there. Just have somebody do the voiceover. You could have Michael J. Fox do it. That's what they did with Back to the Future. Yeah. Oh, 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 I'm the bad one? We're going to make Michael J. Fox is worse than a dead man? No, but no, I wasn't criticizing you. I was forcing myself not to pipe up my next thought. That's what I was doing there. How about Michael J. Fox playing the Flash? I'm not going to just blurt what Would you guys do know, you guys know that story though? The Back to the Future? They oh, filmed yeah. most of Eric Back to the Stoltz. Future with another actor. I forget. Eric Stoltz. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And then they reshot. Yeah. They basically reshot the whole thing with Michael J. Fox because it just wasn't working with the other guy. You that can watch the, it. If you've seen this, have you seen the side to side the scenes? It's so yeah, weird. only from um, whatever that Netflix show is. Uh, the movies that made us. You ever watch that show? Oh no, I've it's on my list. I've not watched it. Though. It's pretty good. They'll do. They've done quite a few now, and it's just like an hour long kind of little doc yes. episode about like the making of these movies. Um, mm-hmm. That one's really good because it gives you a lot of the the backstory and everything nice. to that. It, it's um, so fascinating that I, I've seen quite a bit of that footage because I, I remember seeing a bit and it was so curious. And um, it's such a great lesson for filmmakers. I think it's one of the reasons actually so much of the footage is out there is because the filmmakers themselves put it out there to show you, A, it, it's not the actor's like mistake it's not like a like we you know we recast him because he was bad or because he was cancelled like it was it's a great lesson to show you how what an incredibly different movie they were making compared to the movie they ended up making and not a bad movie it's not like it the scenes are like bad it's just so the same words the same other actors the same setting the same costume everything's the same except the guys living the lines it is drastically different. Like the whole vibe is like kind of what you'd expect a sci-fi time travel thing. The guy was kind of paranoid and he's a little like edgy and it's just, it gives this kind of colder vibe which yeah, yeah, yeah. make you be more like, mm, as opposed to, oh, like yeah, the whole yeah, movie yeah. would have been a, like a, it's oh. it, like, like you said, it, it's, it's kind of like, it's 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 like theatrical acting, right? They have an actor come and they do a character and the actor does so well, it's almost like an iconic character. And then another actor comes along or actress or whatever and just changes the flavor of the play. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like I saw a few weeks before I actually, uh, uh, a couple of months ago, I saw Macbeth with Daniel Craig and Ruth Negga, right? Uh-huh. On Broadway. And I was telling Sean about it. I loved the overall play. And the way they played Macbeth, you know, usually when they play Macbeth, and I don't know, Andrew, did you see the, the Apple movie with Denzel? I haven't seen that yet, no. I would really okay. like to. So usually when they play Macbeth, they usually play Macbeth very brooding and very, from the get-go, magic is there and everything is just really just like tense from the get-go. And then it just build attention. This play, they made it like where uh, uh, Macbeth is walking back with Banquo and they encountered the witches. And it's kind of like, 
who are these crazy bitches? You know, it's kind of like a gag. It's literally like you. there was somebody on the sidewalk wanting to read your fortune, like a gypsy on the mm-hmm. sidewalk wanting mm-hmm. to read your fortune. And they're like, whatever, you know, and they're just fucking goofing around. And I was just like, it's such an interesting take. And then it makes like when they start plotting murder and everything happens, it made that turn that much more ah. interesting. So it was, was it a- set contemporarily or is it no? Yes, yes, yes and no. Um, they let everybody just speak in their native accents, which was really good. Everything about the play was really good except for the witches, which mm-hmm. I felt was a loss because the witches are really like, these witches were like ordinary. They were kind of like, like you were at a bake sale at a junior high school and those were the women there. You, you just didn't, you know, mm-hmm. they like one, a guy was a witch, which, okay, cool. I get it, you know, and they did a lot of, um, gender bending with the roles. Like they let women play usually men's roles and vice versa. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, but like, that was my big critique was like the witches were just kind of like, eh, I, it's like, I, it was almost like, usually they're the most compelling part of the story. And especially if you see the Apple one, you'll see why. And here they weren't. And so I feel, I feel like Sean, like that's what Sean was saying, like with Eric Stoltz, like that's one of those things like, all you do is change a look and the character, right? It's, it's the Batman, right? Yeah. Michael Keaton was a pretty good Batman, especially in the first one. Um, uh, What's-His-Face was very different. Um, I was forgetting his name. Um, Val Kilmer. No, <laughs> very funny. No. Uh, 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 George Clooney. Not George Clooney. Christian Bale. Bale. Christian Bale, thank you very much. I always forget <laughs> fucking Christian Bale's name. Just gonna roll through like, all of them. You know, he was a good Batman, but in a very different way, right? Like we really enjoyed, and we talked about this. He was a great Bruce Wayne, right? He was the great public persona of Bruce Wayne. He was a pretty good Bruce Wayne when he wasn't the public persona. Michael Keaton was an okay Bruce Wayne, but he was a great Batman. Affleck was a great grizzly old Batman. You know, it's all very different. They're not the same. And even, um, uh, what's his face, Pattinson, the last one. It's kind of like, oh, he's a douchebag Batman, which makes sense because he's still kind of almost a kid and he's going around beating the shit out of people. And there's just too much testosterone flowing through his body and not enough brain power. So, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I just had a flashback when you were saying going through Batman. I think when Batman Forever came out, there was, I think there was a period of time, however short, where I think I thought Val Kilmer's name was Valk Ilmer. Valk Ilmer. Valk Ilmer. Oh, I'm glad you brought up Val Kilmer. Did you see what they're doing? And I've been talking about this for years. They're coming out with a Willow series on Netflix. Oh, I heard about that. And Didn't we talk about this. What's that? I think we talked about this once. Well, I mean, I've been talking about years, like when they were doing all the remakes. I would yeah, love yeah. to see Willow be remade with like proper CG because the CGI on Willow, I thought Willow was a great movie and the CGI on it was just garbage. It was yeah. like, w- w- did they freaking just get low rent CGI guys? What the hell happened here? And you know, it was a Ron Howard movie. So it's yeah, like, yeah. have this in your budget. And I always like, that was like my biggest thing about Willow is like that should be redone with a proper CGI. And I guess Netflix greenlit it and it looked the, the, the I think it's the, Disney Plus, right? It was, Disney Plus? I thought yeah, because it's a Lucasfilm. 
Oh, yeah. Right? So that is probably Disney Plus. Yeah. 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 But I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that, actually. Oh, and speaking of that, did you guys see Sandman at all? Yeah. No. no. Heard that was really good, though. I'd like to watch it. I only I saw the first it. episode and I thought it was brilliant. Are you guys familiar? Sandman was a graphic novel, right? Yeah. It's you guys, are you familiar with the graphic novel, like prior to the show, or did you just watch the show? I was just kind of in passing. I never really read all of it, um, but in passing. And Neil Gaiman were. I mean, Neil Gaiman is the reason Sean and I met, believe it or not. Because the first play we worked on together is Neverwhere. It was a, um, TV, uh, a TV series that Neil Gaiman wrote for the BBC and got adapted into a play. Yeah. So see, it all comes full circle, jerk. I mean, full circle. And uh, who gets the cookie? I don't know. I, I really like Sam Man. I, 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 um, I think I accidentally picked up Sam Man when I was a kid in the library because I was going through a period where I was being forced to take books in the library and I realized there were like Batman graphic novels and I would take them and it was right next to Batman because it was like DC and, DC, yeah, and I, yeah. I remember taking them once and thinking Sandman and I knew the Sandman for what I guess he is which is like the Sandman yeah I'm thinking like, oh and I remember like flipping through and being like Nah. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> it's, nah, it's heavy. It's very heavy. Yeah, Sandman is heavy. It's definitely an adult but, graphic novel. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I, yeah, I love the show. I really, I mean, fantastic actors in it. I, I, um, I'm really, it, it, it yeah, it's really. Uh, I'm glad for uh, Tom, Tom Sturridge, who plays uh, the the lead. Me plays Dream. I half know him. Okay. Half know him. I went to. I was at. Uh, drama school with his sister. Okay, um, nice. And he's one of those guys that has popped up through the years in a whole bunch of things. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Tell us more about his sister. Yeah, I was going to say, so you have known, does that mean you know what he tastes like because you tasted his sister? What the hell does that mean? He went there. I was going to keep it subtle, Tomo. Oh, yeah, because that's what I'm looking for, subtlety. Yeah, okay. Where the, we got, nice to meet you. My name is Tomo. Hi. Okay. Well, no, no, it seems you're going to go there. His sister, she, one of her first ever boyfriends was Batman himself. Patterson? Our Pats. Really? Yeah. Patterson and Tom Sturridge nice. were best friends from uh, Posh Boy School. Wait, so Sean, you banged a girl that also banged Robert Pattinson? So no. you banged Robert Pattinson? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I was, I was so incredibly firmly, uh, I, was, I was very anti-sex at the time um, due to the uh, amount of sex I was not getting. And so therefore I was anti it. No, uh, yeah, I was like, I was an incel before there was such a thing as an incel, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, no. But but uh, but I think it's interesting. That's an interesting point because they 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 literally were like childhood best friends, uh-huh. uh, and it's so funny that you've got at the same time you've got emo Batman and they compare it to emo Sandman and yeah. they're so similar and they're both leading these big franchises and I'm like. These two dudes are best friends from Posh Boy School in England. And you know what? They, now that you that. bring it up, they have the same fucking haircuts. But that, that haircut is straight out of freaking uh, Twilight. Oh, yeah. Imagine those two hanging around together in school being all like... 
I just want my mummy. <laughs> oh, hold. Uh, uh, oh, give me, give me a sec. Hold on. Oh. You guys, continue. I'll be right back. Technical difficulties. Are we poor? Technical difficulties. No, we're still to... recording. We're, we're still, still on. Okay. We can do this show without Tomo. Finally. Finally. Let's, let's roast him. <laughs> uh man, roasting Tomo. Well. I think what happened is he was having a uh, beard come out of that little hole in his neck. So he had to run and get a tissue or something. I think that's going on right his now. His little neck hole. Yeah, his yeah. little neck hole. Um, so we went from Hulk to Back to the Future to Batman to The Flash. Not, not in that order. But should we, should we round all the way back to Hulk and, and button that up? Yeah. Okay. Tomo, we're rounding things all the way back to She-Hulk. Okay. Uh, I'm going to button that up before we yeah, dive please. into more. Um, I just was not terribly taken by the first episode. I'll probably watch more eventually, but I'm just not going out of my way for it. And I'm just like a little ugh about it. But you know what? I would love to come back a little bit more to the DC comment, okay. Sean, you were making about The Flash and what you, where you think DC is going. Because I feel like we didn't really totally get into that. Yeah. But anybody else? Did you guys have anything else with the She-Hulk? Any final no, thoughts? No, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next episodes. Like I said, I enjoyed it for what it is. It's one of these things, okay, it's something to pass the time with, you know? Um, especially like after watching, I watched all of Severance and it's just like, I'm hard pressed to find a TV show right now that was better than Severance. Show so good. Crystal so Walken. I love that Chris Walker's doing that show. What a fantastic opportunity for him to do that show. Oh, my so, God. Walken, John Turturro. I mean... Oh, those two together, John Turturro and Chris Walken. Like, what a fantastic group. What a people. matchup. It's like, how yeah. did they not work together before? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Severance is amazing. Like, really brilliant. Patricia Arquette is out of this world good on that show. Like, every every actor on that show is good. Like, it's, it's, it's a bad bit of acting. It is like uh, it's like a masterclass for what you were just saying about um, character actors who are always growing everything. And you're like, you know, and it's it, they were like, let's just put them all together. The one thing I would say, which is a bit of a side point, Adam Scott, I realized by watching this and I, I, I researched it and it's definitely a thing. He has a very noticeable, because I noticed it in the show, tremor. He's got shaky hands. His hands are like that. Okay. There's, there's more than one time in that show if you watch it where he's like grabbing for something and you can see it and I'll be like that's interesting because I, was, I wasn't sure if it's part of the show or if it's a thing and I googled it and there's all these people online who are speculating he's got Parkinson's because of the time he was on Jimmy Kimmel and they could see his hand on Jimmy Kimmel and so now I'm like now I'm like oh no is Adam Scott got Parkinson's? You know I, I could tell you I could tell you what could that could be actually um, he could be an asthmatic and, and a lot of those corticosteroids that you take to help you breathe, they, they have a kick, like you mm. just had like a, a jelly sandwich with just jelly. So, you know, you eat a ton of sugar and you have a ton of caffeine and it'll give you the shakes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe it's that. So it, it might just be something as simple as that and he's just not putting it out there, but yeah. Maybe he just drinks a shitload of coffee. Or maybe he just drinks a lot. I mean, you know. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it, it, to, to come back, like you said, Andrew, with She-Hulk, I'll probably watch it because you know it's Marvel, and I'm going to watch it. Like I said, Miss Marvel, 
there's too much teenage bullshit. Like instantly I'm just like, okay, I am too many decades removed from that to find it even remotely interesting, you know? Um, and, but so I, I will watch it. I, I will watch it and I'll probably enjoy it. And hopefully it won't be like a moment where I'm going to be like, you've got to be shitting me. Cause you know, it was kind of like, we've talked about the other shows, the Falcon and the winter soldier. And, and we talked about, you know, one uh, Scarlet vision, you know, where it's like, oh, this episode's good. And then the next episode is like, what the hell? And then the next episode is like, this is garbage. And then one more, it's good. Oh, they're going to save it. And then they kind of, so I feel like She-Hulk might be that kind of a roller coaster. I don't know. I'm hoping not. Yeah. I'm hoping it'll just be okay all throughout, as opposed to just doing that where it's now it's good, now it's obtuse. And so, yeah. Yeah. Did we yeah. talk about Sorry, this could Obi-Wan? be that. Yeah, did we talk about that yet? All right, maybe no, we make that after we go. If we get through the oh, DC stuff, yeah. and Andor, Andor looks great. The trailer, Andor, the clip looks, which I was so surprised because online instantly everybody was like, "This is garbage," and I was like, "They watched the same trailer that I watched because it looked fucking fantastic." Oh yeah, it looks incredible. The guard. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Why does this look bad?" I don't understand people. Yeah. And it's like, and I feel like people, it's weird. My first thought with it is it's got to be garbage because we all know how it's going to end. So how do you make a show that we're invested in because of that? But actually it's kind of the opposite. It's like a writer's dream because they're not tight. You think about Marvel and all the things we're talking about, about why it might not be good anymore is because you're so tied to other people's visions that like whatever you come up with, it has to tie into the greater narrative of like four directors time. Like that's such a hard way to write, I imagine, or direct. But in this scenario, they're like, he fucking dies, we all know he dies. So basically do whatever the fuck you want. Like there's nothing yeah. tying you to the narrative. Yeah. It's already been done. So like, that's kind of yeah. cool in a way. It is, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. So, all right, so we're gonna, we're gonna do DC first and then we'll go back to Star Wars. So. Um, the whole Ezra Miller, I like the takes that you guys have that that it's supposed to be that good. But, you know, they're pushing Aquaman. And that first one was a pile of steaming garbage. I mean, you had Nicole Kidman in it and 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 uh, what's his face from the men of uh, Boba Fett in it. And it's like, how is this a bad movie? And, and like I said, and it wasn't again, it wasn't anybody's fault. Whoever directed that, uh, Jason Momoa's character didn't know who he was because like on one hand he was this gruff i'm gonna knock your fucking teeth out if you look at me wrong aquaman and then on the other hand he was just playful let's hang out and just do silly quips aquaman and it was just like well which one is he is he one or the other you know and not that you don't necessarily have to be just in one lane but it felt like two different characters the whole movie and i just wasn't enamored by any of it the director's a douchebag. I, I don't watch the movie, but I saw his affidavit, his testimony in the death, uh, trial. He popped up at one point. I remember thinking, like, this guy's a massive prick. You wouldn't see Martin Scorsese doing a fucking affidavit for a settlement court thing. Like, like a douchebag. What are you, team heard now? What the hell? No. I, all the, did you see Johnny Depp? Uh, was on the VMAs and that was kind of cute. I did not. Wait. I have not watched the VMA in probably 20 Oh, I, I didn't watch it. I just saw a new story. Oh, okay. and, and I saw that, yeah. He, Wait, he, what did he do with the trial? He was oh, he, speaking. And yeah, also, he, um, 
what's his what's his, what is his name? I like him. So I'm 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 gonna I might be coming in here and defending, <laughs> but I want to hear the, the he information had, um, first. He had an affidavit, but, um, so he was interviewed by both lawyers. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Just to the character of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Um, because as part the reason he was brought into it was because Johnny Depp um, as part of the testimony said that basically inferred that she would not have got Aquaman if it weren't for him Mm -hmm. Um, he put in a good word and that's the reason she got it so therefore he was saying the idea that she's trying to claim any sort of damages from me is bullshit because she basically have nothing if it wasn't for me in the first place so, and the director came in to give an interview about what it was like to work with Amber Heard and whether she, there was discussions about replacing her because of controversy and whether they're going to recast her in the second movie. And it's just all on there. And he's talking about the whole thing and conversations he had with Jason Momoa. And it's so awkward because he was talking about how like, yeah, we had, con- we thought she was fine at the time. And like when we were filming, we had no concerns. But when we got in the editing room and we saw her and Jason together, it was like, yeah, like this... This doesn't work. Like, yeah, and we no, have conversation they, they have zero chemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, what can we replace her? What can we do? And he talked about, and we made the conscious decision before nothing to do with the controversy with Amber Heard, but just based on the chemistry between her and him to make the second movie a buddy, a buddy comedy with him and Patrick Wilson about those two, so that we just sort of like pushed uh, her to the uh, side, not because of controversy, but because the chemistry. Right, 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 right. Interesting. Um, so. Uh, James Wan is a director, just so we're talking yes, about. Yes, yes, yes. I see. I yeah. I don't. I wasn't familiar with any of this with the trial, but I've always liked James Wan because I like a lot of the. I mean, he did the first Saw movie, which I thought was great. Uh, oh, if you go good. back to that, um, very good, very good. That's a great movie. The first one. Yeah, him and Lee Wanell did that. I think Lee Wanell wrote it, or they co-wrote it, and he directed it. Lee Wanell was in it. Um, and then he's done, you know, the Conjuring movies, which are all pretty good. And the Insidious movies, also very good. Um, and some other stuff. But I, I, like, I like his work. And I actually thought, I, I really enjoyed Aquaman in like totally ridiculous, over-the-top, stupid, fun, dumb movie. Um, and I thought like, how are you going to make, you know, you take a concept of this superhero who's this guy who's underwater who talks to fish. You've got to just be like as over the top with it as possible. And I really enjoyed it because of that. I mean, I saw it in the theater. So maybe part of it too was like, it was just a really fun movie going experience. Cause it was just stupid and fun and all of the big action scenes and stuff. You know, I mean, there's one scene when he fights Patrick Wilson's character, they have like this dual thing and there is a giant octopus doing like the drums to to signal that the fight is about to start. That's the type of movie you're seeing. So like, if you take it seriously, you're at the wrong movie. But like, I was there like, yes, let's go. And then they're fighting each other. I I really enjoyed it, but I can see why. I I mean, you could easily, you know, uh, trash it a bit, but that's all to say that I, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so funny that they finally made that crime movie. I know. Taking it seriously because I remember that, the whole big plot point that was James supposed Cameron, to be James Cameron. Yeah. James Cameron's Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm kind of excited for Aquaman 2 just because I enjoyed Aquaman 1. But, and because I like James Wan, but that's just me. Okay. Fair enough. Um, 
yeah, I watched it. You know, don't get me wrong. I watched <laughs> Aquaman. Um, at the end of it all, I was just like, eh. I enjoyed the the, the scene, like, because it was like almost like a WWE extravaganza. With, right. Uh, you know, yeah, great. I would have loved to see, like, Aquaman just, like, you know, having everybody be eaten by sharks. And he had, like, a pet shark, almost like Ant-Man with, like, Anthony and just call him, I don't know, Shark Tony or something like that. And just, like, send, you know. Or, or Barry, you know what would have been actually awesome if they did it in Aquaman? If he said, like, I'm going to make a tornado and put sharks in it. And if you fucking did that, that would have been fucking amazing. I feel like they made a movie. Like I think that. it's hard to take Aquaman seriously or if it wasn't for how cool Jess Momoa looks uh, since they made The Boys and The Deep. is like every time I think about Aquaman, I'm just thinking about The Deep and just all the various fish fucking scenarios. <laughs> and like, great. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, we could talk about The Boys too, the, the last season. Did you see it, Andrew? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, um, yeah, DC, considering all these movies that they've had, they've had, like, three good ones. Didn't they say that Ben Affleck is going to be in another one? Probably the Flashpoint. Thing. Flash, yeah. Was Flash. that the Flashpoint? Okay. Him and Him Michael Keaton, supposedly, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, I know, they, yeah. They, well, now they want to they, pull a chapter out of No Way Home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, although they've been talking about it since, if they've been talking about this fucking movie since before the Justice League, Far From Home even came out, um, which was, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah after yeah, the yeah. first after Justice League came out, they've been talking about making Ezra Miller his own Flash movie, and that's yeah. been like in development and back and forth and back and forth for for a long, long time. But, um, but yeah, Sean, you heard that the it was like screening well or. I that, saw a, a rumor or something. I, I saw a post the other day and it was through something like IGN, I think. Um, and it said that the flash um, is the flash is currently testing as the best superhero movie um, that people have seen out of DC. Like they're saying that this is that's that's. Wow. Of the of the new of like the DCEU, like this current slate of DC yeah, I things. Think it or was like simple. Any... It just said it was like a thing. It was like test audiences is like nine averaging like 98% approval, saying uh, like best thing studio has produced, you know. So it's uh, it's hard to are they, are they including the dark knight in this? That's, like... what I'm wondering. That's what I'm saying. Like, is it it's probably, probably considering not. the new this newer slate okay. of all these? No, DC because it's probably like people have a short memory with these things, and who knows who they're testing? Because a friend of mine at Medieval Times actually um went to go see his son went to go see a test for a new movie, and um I forgot what it was because I get the emails as well, and I can never make them because it's always I have kids. Yeah, um, but I one day I want to go. Like they do loads around here in Jersey. These these. Oh these yeah, yeah. At, at the Richfield Park one, I saw. Uh, um, I think. Uh, 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 meet the parents. Oh yeah. A test for that, yeah. They did loads of them, and um, it, it, he he saw one. His son put up, to, and I forgot what it was. It was some franchise thing, but his dad he got two teeth. It was like you can bring yourself and one other person. And his dad, my friend, tried to go watch the movie and they wouldn't let him in. 
they literally wouldn't let him in the movie theater because he's too old. They were like, we're specifically only interested in screening for people up to like 35 or something. It was like, it's like 18 or 35. Wow. And if you're older than that, we don't want to hear your opinion. So wow. who the fuck knows? Thank you, Gen Z. Don't be so fucking sensitive, you twats. Oh my God. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, unfortunately, DC basically has no um, cash for me. You know, no credit. It's like, I'll believe it when I see it. In the meantime, yeah. I'm literally getting not, not getting excited about anything they fucking put out. Yeah. Because, I mean, much like Marvel, right? They have a plethora of great stories to mine from comic books, you know, over, Jesus, Superman was even the first one, right? Over almost 100 years at this point, right? 90 years or something like that. So the fact that you consistently just are missing the ball on it, right? Wonder Woman was kind of like, ooh, okay. There was a lot of criticism about Wonder Woman, but I thoroughly enjoyed Wonder Woman. And then the second one came out. I never saw it because people were just saying it was just so terrible. It was not good. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't anything special. I and I, I loved the first one. I really, one I really liked yeah, the first yeah, yeah. one. Um, yeah. You know what was good, though? Uh, Shazam. Did you guys see Shazam? Shazam was very good. Shazam was great, and they're making yeah. a sequel to that, which hopefully yeah. will be good. Well, that's what um, they, they, they used that as an example with the, the Batman, the Bat, sorry, Batgirl movie that they canceled. They said apparently the score, the screening score that they decided was the reason that justified canceling Batgirl was the same, exact same screening score that Shazam had. Shazam did really well, too. Yeah. From what yeah, I remember, right? Yeah, but that's the right? point they're the critics is they were like a screening you can't judge on the screening like the people who saw shazam thought exactly the same like rating score that oh Batman i see did. what you're saying yeah, yeah yeah so why would they get rid of this one if it did just and shazam was such a hit got it got it got it got it yeah actually did you see the trailer for the new one it looks fun too i don't think i saw i i remember seeing that it came out i don't know that i've actually watched the yeah trailer, that, that looked that looked fun um, too so but it looks cool, Again, and I, I like Zachary Levi. He was a lot of fun in that. He was a lot of fun in that. And I mean, I am very trepidatious about Black Adam. It looks bad. It, <laughs> it does. Look good at it all. just like he's been <laughs> hyping this fucking thing for like ten years now. Before they even made Shazam, he was he yes. was he was attached to Black Adam. Yeah, he's been attached and, to Black Adam since like 2011 or something like that. I mean, and and. Maybe more like fourteen, but still. The 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 power structure of DC is going to change forever. It's like, bro, you've been saying this shit for ten years now. It's like, unless this is like an Oscar winner movie, you're like, it's a, it's an abject failure. Like at this point, that's like the way I feel about it. It's like, how much hype can you do about it? Like you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Another thing, something I heard. I, I'm not claiming to have said this. This is something I heard on another podcast. But they were talking about it after the first trailer came out. And in the trailer, there's that line where they're like, you can't be a superhero and kill people. And then The Rock is like, I do. And it's supposed to be like this big thing. And they're like, you can't make that and make that interesting when in the DC movie universe so far, you had Batman killing people and Superman killing people. Two characters that notoriously don't kill people were killing people. So there's nothing impressive about the fact that 
a character who's known for killing people is killing people. It's like and Deadpool and Deadpool's killing the shit out of people. As well, well, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, it's, it's like I said, they really have no credit with me. So I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. That that's my opinion on DC. Although I I've said it before. And I think I've said it on the podcast as well. What they should do again, speaking of the huge library they have, they need to make a Victorian Batman. There's a comic, comic book called Gotham by Gaslight, which is fan-freaking-tastic. And it was basically Batman in the 1880s, 1890s Gotham. And Jack the Ripper comes to Gotham. 1888. Just to 18, be, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Cool. And it Did was, they also make a samurai Batman? There's like a samurai Batman thing, too. They I've never might heard. have. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah. but I was like, that, DC, do that. Because you're already just like, you know, uh, uh, full full balls to the wall with Batman. So we're going to have as many fucking Batman as we can because that's what sells. Mm-hmm. Right? So make this one because it'll be interesting just to see, you know, almost like the steampunk gadgets and all of that. I, I think that would be a lot of fun. I mean, I, as much as I love superheroes, and I do, I, I wish that someone who has all the money would realize the reason Batman is the most successful and the people like Batman it's because Batman is the one that's least like a fucking superhero. Batman is a fucking noir. It's a detective movie. Right. Like, he has no superpowers. He's yeah. not a mutant. He's just a rich yeah. dude who's got demons, who's a fucking detective, who hunts people down in the dark. So, like, yeah. put the money you want to put in all these superhero things and put that into, like, you know, movies like that. Like, and then you'll get the same results. You don't... It's, yeah. Ah. Uh, that's why Batman works so well, is because he isn't constrained with all of that, you know, schlocky shit that you have yeah. to find works around. Like yeah. you can do anything with Batman because he's just a dude. Yeah. 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 Right. And what we didn't talk about yeah. that's coming out in DC. What's that? Joker. Two. The or musical. Whatever. Joker du folle or something. Yeah. What do we think? What do we make of that? It's supposedly, rumor has it, it is a musical. And it is, this is not rumor. That's, it, the fact that it's a musical is a rumor. I don't think they've confirmed that. But what is confirmed is that Joaquin Phoenix is reprising his role and that it will, and that Lady Gaga will be co-starring. Rumored yeah. to be playing Harley Quinn, but not yet confirmed. Which is, which is funny how much the Harley Quinn thing is, right? With the Suicide Squad and all that. She was a made-up character for the cartoon. Yeah. She never existed in the comic books. Yeah. So go figure. I don't know. I, when the first Joker with Joaquin Phoenix came out, I was like blown away when I first saw it. I thought it was I still, amazing. I still, I still haven't seen it. Well, worth seeing for sure. And it's okay. a very good movie. It's got a lot of great things. I rewatched it about a year after it was in theaters and I wasn't nearly as impressed the second time watching it. It's got still got a lot of really good things. The acting is great. You know, Joaquin Phoenix is great. A lot of the cinematography, the score, there's a lot of very good things in it, but the writing is like not that great when you really break it down. There's a lot of good things in there, but the whole story is basically contingent on um, uh, Robert De Niro's character, who is like this talk show host. And there's this whole thing where I won't give too much away because you haven't seen it, Tomo, but right. basically where 
the Joker's character is like, loves this talk show host. And that's part of what influences him to want to make people laugh and blah, blah, blah. That's part of his backstory. And it, if you really, if you start to kind of, kind of dissect that, it mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense. And it all just kind of falls into place exactly as it would need to, to make the story work. And once I like rewatched it and saw that, I was like, mm, this isn't great. And I, Robert De Niro, we all know is amazing, but he's like, if we're honest, terribly miscast in that. He should not be in that movie. Like well, there's no... Jerry Lewis. Like, have you have you seen King of Comedy, Andrew? No, no, I have. I know that okay. they say that like basically yeah. Todd Phillips ripped that off for this movie. You should watch that. That movie is awesome. That's maybe my favorite Martin Scorsese movie. A lot of people say it's his best movie. It's excellent. Okay. And you say that movie wouldn't make sense without De Niro. I mean, on multiple levels, because De Niro provides that thing, but it's just ripped off from that movie, that De Niro movie, that whole, and in The King of Comedy, the character that De Niro's playing in Joker is played by Jerry Lewis. And Jerry Lewis is just Jerry Lewis. Like he's not being an actor. He's been Jerry right, Lewis. right, right, right. He's the talk show host that Robert De Niro's character idolizes and looks up to and wishes he could be like, and turns into a fucking crazy stalker and like ends up, you know, fantasizing about fucking him up and all that. Like it's complete. Yeah, it's, it's, that's an amazing movie. And I really love Joker, but yeah, if you completely detach that movie from it and everything Todd Phillips also obviously loves about Scorsese and that movie, it is left with not much. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, that that's the whole thing, right? When, when they, when they, um, the big problem is, especially with big studio movies, right? You can't help but have so many freaking hands in the pie where everybody just wants their own fucking way. And, you know, a script is rewritten 8,000 times by, you know, 300 people. And this is why, like, you know, you have people like Peter Dinklage is like, I really don't want anything big. You know, Game of Thrones gave him the affordability to now take whatever the fuck he wants. And he does indie movies. And he even talked about it, right? He's like, it's one writer. You know, the story is his from the beginning to the end. And it makes sense. As opposed to, you sign up for a movie because the script looked great and then it's time to shoot the movie and the script resembles nothing that you signed up for, you know, and it's just one of those things that... Peter Dinklage is doing Indian movies now? Uh, yes, thank you, Sean. Indian movies. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. I'd, say, I'd watch it. I'd really watch it. <laughs> if he did a Bollywood movie, uh, who wouldn't watch it? That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Okay, so, so that's that's the story on DC. Are, are we good on DC? Is there anything else we need to cover on DC? No, I would just say that with the Joker thing, like all of all of my you know uh, criticisms aside, I did think the first one was still a really great movie. But all the more reason that I don't I don't think there should be a sequel to it because it was really this great for all the good things about it. It was a great standalone movie that mm. didn't really there was really no. Batman wasn't in it really. And it wasn't right. it just kind of its own little weird standalone movie that just worked because it was just that. Right. So now if you're going to make another one, it's like, it just really feels like they're just, you know, milking it, yeah, milking it, which yeah. is going to be a musical. Maybe. I don't know. That's all. They're, they're, go, they're, they're just trying to, they're just trying to shake things up, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So let's get to them. Obi-Wan, which we haven't talked about. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. What did you guys think overall? 
overall, I thought it was good, not great. Um, I felt like the whole storyline with Obi-Wan and Leia was kind of forced just to create a story. The yeah. little girl who played Leia was amazing. She was fantastic. She was a good actress. She was really great. Yep. Um, Although, if you ask me, she was entirely too precocious for a 10-year-old. She was a bit much, yeah. And, but, and she wasn't 10. She was probably like 8. Like the She actress. was super young. The girl looked like she was 5. Yeah, she wasn't 10. She didn't yeah, look yeah. 10. She was like 8. Because I know, like, because of the teeth. Like, my nephews, like, when their teeth look like that, they're about 8. You know, when they're 10, they got the full teeth coming in. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and I thought, uh, oh, I thought the, the, the main sort of villain girl, uh, what was her name? Rava? Yeah. Is that I it? I think so. I think so. I thought that was a terrible character and was, yeah. especially once you got to the end of the season and saw what they were doing with her. Literally in the last episode, she was doing something that made no sense and had nothing to do with anything going on. And it was like, what the fuck are they doing with this? A lot. Yeah. Um, I think that the whole the, the only reason why the show is even worth it was for that scene you got basically near the end where Anakin and or Vader and Obi-Wan were talking when he had like half his helmet stripped off and you got the kind of like Anakin slash Vader combined back and forth thing happening because yeah. the best thing that this show did was it bridged the gap between Anakin Hayden Christensen from the prequels to Vader as we know him in the original Star Wars movies in a way that like kind of justified the prequels better than they've ever been justified before because we know Vader is such a cool character and such a badass and right. Anakin was like not that great in the prequels and this kind of blended that and made it work. I don't think the show did that much for Obi-Wan if I'm honest. And yeah, you know, yeah. I, there was some really cool scenes. And then the last thing I will say, Sorry, I'm ranting here, guys, no, no, but no, I just no, got to no. get all this out. The way that they use the force in this show is like the force is some sort of crazy superpower, as opposed to in the other Star Wars movies, the original Star Wars movies, the force was something they could use. Like, like do you guys remember in Empire when uh, Vader's using the force when he's fighting Luke and he's like throwing all the stuff at him and beating him up? Correct. Look at that. And then look at the scene where Obi-Wan is literally lifting like thousands of boulders and spinning them in circles and throwing them like he's got some crazy superpowers it's like just because the cgi is better and it's easier for you guys to do this well it doesn't make sense but but the, but that's the whole thing because they're the, the the thing with the force what, here's what bothered me about obi-wan the fact that he couldn't use the force which i was just like he's supposed to be especially with you know because they're trying to tie in the clone wars trying to tie in uh, uh, the Rebels cartoon, which was actually a really good cartoon. I really enjoyed. I don't know if you guys watched it. I've heard one of my good friends who's a big Star Wars fan I has told me Clone Rebels Wars. and Clone Wars I have to watch. Uh, Clone Wars I watched. I didn't really think Clone Wars was much until like season three because like the first three seasons was just like for kids kind of. Yeah. And then yeah, they I've started getting to the stories, which they have... Um, put so many holes and backtracked on what they were doing and they've been trying to fix that now, right? Um, so the fact that he kind of forgot to use the force because he cut himself off from it for so long doesn't make sense because of the way they want you to use the force. Because in order to cut yourself off from the force, you have to be able to manipulate it. 
you know, it's kind of like I um, I can use the rain to my advantage, but now I don't want anything to do with the rain. So I'm going to hold an umbrella over my head. Well, you're still holding an umbrella over your head. You know, it, it's one of those things. And I didn't like that. And then they did the thing again because they're filming it on that little stage with the big freaking, you know, the 270 degree thing where the girl is running and she looks like she's just, it, it looks like a workout video. It doesn't look like they're running. Cause yeah, really, that scene was horrible when she first gets kidnapped a, and she's running this away. This is literally them. This is them. And, and the guys are like falling over themselves and can't. Yes, that was, even yes, though, that was even just though bad direction. Like, that was so yeah, bad. Even though these guys are like five times the height of this girl in three steps is the yes, equivalent of exactly. her like running they, as fast as she can. And they couldn't catch her. It was, it looked so bad. Something like, went just, wrong with the edit. They did a whole shoot and realized the boom was in the every single <laughs> fucking shot. And we're like, ah, oh, fuck, did we're left. That, that scene looked like something that could have been out of uh, Velocipaster or yeah, one yes, of those types of movies. Yes, yes, like where they were intentionally doing it bad. Yes, yes. Well, that's what that was my big complaint about the Book of Boba Fett when they were running from the Rancor. That's how it was. It was like, you guys are Disney. You literally shit money. Just go to the fucking California desert and have somebody run for 200 yards. For fuck's sake, you know, <laughs> just do that. You can literally put up green screens on a non-windy day and just fucking do it. I don't understand, like, you know, just from a filmmaking perspective, it bothers me so much. It's like, why? You have, like, a good little actress. You have good actors. Why are you doing this? It, like, it instantly takes you out of the movie because you're, like, uh, out of the show. I was like, what the fuck is this? And, you know, I don't know what the dialogue is then anymore. I'm not paying any more attention to the dialogue because I'm literally going like, okay, I'm going to go get some fucking chips because this is stupid. <laughs> so um, the side characters they brought in from Rebels, like the, 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 the Grand Inquisitors and all of that. And I think you're right. Reva, Reva would have been a better character if she was not with the Empire. She would have been she would have been a better character if she was just hunting Jedi down on her own because the motherfuckers let Vader kill all her and all her friends. Mm -hmm. Like that would have made more sense to me. The fact that, you know, she got converted. It's like, that's too just neat, isn't it? Yeah. It was like she's hunting Jedi, but it's just because she wants to get to Vader so she can kill Vader. It was too neat. It was too neat. Like, like I said, it's like, if she's like, Right, because the way they've established the storyline with Jedi, it's almost like the Highlander, right? The more Highland, the more immortals you kill, the more powerful you get. And it's kind of like with the Jedi, it's the same thing. The more powerful Jedi I face, the more powerful I become if I win. And therefore I can take all these guys on. And it's like... It's a really stupid way to play it because I feel like there was something clever they could have done and they didn't do it, which was the fact that we, I think as an audience, they're pretending we're dumb and we don't remember the prequels and all the other right. movies. So they're like, oh, she was fucked over when she was a child and they don't know this, but she switched over and she's been trying to get a vengeance ever since because she hates them so much. So she's secretly been working with them. Be like, If you follow everything they've done, this is the Sith's playbook. Palpatine would, the first people he would be recruiting would be the kids he left alive after killing all the other kids. Yep. in order to use their hate. They're like, right. hatred fuels anger, which fuels the dark side. Right. I want your hate. Every day, they would have been replaying, 
Darth Vader would be like, remember when I killed all those fucking children in front of you? Yeah. Right. How that made you feel? And he would be using that to make them more powerful. So right. they were like, oh, they pretended like, oh, we did that? Oh, whoops. And, and not oh. only that, not only that, if if Darth Vader is as powerful, like you said, uh, uh, Andrew, like now, because that's the big thing. They want to show what the Jedi powers are really like. And the reason why they're falling into that is because of what the video games have done. Because, you know, Yoda was like the last of the great Jedi who's like truly powerful. Like the Jedi basically have been around for so long, right? 10,000 generations. They've like thinned out. They've watered out. They're not nearly as, you know, it's kind of like, like martial artists, right? Like everyone talks about like, people are bigger today and stronger and all this is like, really? Did you walk around with an 85 pound suit on with a sword that weighed five pounds swinging it all fucking day? I dare you to go up against that guy today. You know, because this guy literally like lived, breathed, and ate, fight all all that you like you to survive, right? So this is like what the Jedi wore, and it got washed down to this. And so here she is. This is her plan, and she has it very deep in her mind. And Darth Vader, the fucking dude that killed the Emperor, because whenever he walked into a room, right, they showed it to us with Rogue One. Darth Vader walk in, everybody instantly shits themselves. That's just what it is, right? People see that they lose their control of their bowels because Darth fucking Vader walked into the room. But he can't read this little girl's mind that she wants to kill him. And it's like, really? Like, like Sean, like you said, like he'd be like, let's see. And the Inquisitors would have been in and out like fucking the Daily News. You know, <laughs> they would have been like, uh, yeah, you're not an Inquisitor anymore. This, the second and third, they would have been changed out like almost weekly. Yeah, Vader would be choking him out. He was constantly doing that. He was yeah. like, I, I'm sorry, are you British? Oh, you're going to die now. <laughs> yeah, like, look at like an empire. How many guys is he killing that? <laughs> like three different guys Everybody. turn over in that movie. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like kids in the hall. He's just like, I beat your head. I beat your head. He's just fucking dropping motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. Apology you know. accepted. Captain yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it was. It, it, there were things that I liked. I mean, Ewan McGregor is great as Obi-Wan, I think. Yeah. And like I said, the, the part that bothered me, the whole he lost it, like they were literally like in the cart in the cartoons as well. They were like, Obi-Wan was po possibly the most powerful Jedi of them all, like, like putting him up there with Yoda. Like he wasn't mm -hmm. as accomplished as Yoda because Yoda was 900 years old. So if Obi-Wan lived to be like 900, he would like way surpass Yoda, like that's the insinuation there. But you know, they're like, he's more powerful. All of this is like, why would he forget how to use the force? Like he barely caught this like 50 pound girl from falling off a building. It's like, no dude, no. That's the like only reason they did that is to, is to show, again, for people that don't know the original, is to show how incredibly powerful Vader is. So for that one scene when the ship is going up and Vader's like, Mm. <laughs> and, right. and he they're building it up to sh prove to people like oh this is a really tough skill so that when vader comes they're like fuck that dude is the king like that but then but but you know but then they kind of defeat the purpose because obi-wan is just like oh wait a minute you know it's kind of like weightlifting like i'm five weeks out of surgery i lost a lot of muscle mass you know what in two weeks i'm gonna be bench pressing 350 pounds again no, the fuck I'm not, because I got to get my friends <laughs> healthy. But Obi-Wan comes in, and he fucks up Vader, who can literally catch a freaking ship in orbit and make it blow up. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, 
it, it, it's all of it is just too convenient. So I, I thought I, I just felt that the whole Leia getting kidnapped plot was unnecessary. It felt very much like some forced plot just to create plot for the show because they didn't know what else to do with the yes, show. Yes. And to your point, Tomo, about how great Ewan McGregor is as Obi-Wan, I agree with you. And I, but I wanted more of him in this show. And a lot of the show was just him going through different, you know, plot scenarios as opposed to like any real character development. Right. And they kind of stuffed some character development in the end. It's like, oh, we got his powers back type of thing and found his groove again, basically is where the right. show ended up. Um, so I just, I, I would have liked, and then also I don't like that it really kind of messes with canon, you know, like we're really supposed to believe that like, because at the end of the, in that last episode, he said to Leia, we can never talk about this, that all of Star Wars, she actually knew who he was and just never told anybody. Right. I'm supposed and to believe that? that, come on. Not only that, I mean, Leia is Luke's, twin sister yeah wouldn't the fucking force just be radiating from her and he would basically say she needs you know she needs training sorry i'm trying to kill a fruit fly here she needs training you know or something like how could he not i love that you were literally doing the force right there it was like that scene where you need the visor and the the <laughs> lightsaber <laughs> <laughs> but i mean yeah that was so to sean's point what he was saying earlier why didn't you, like when we were talking about Andor, you have an open slate here. Why didn't you do something? Like, give Obi-Wan a fucking romantic tragedy. That's because, what, yeah. Because I really thought the show was going to be a bit more, that when they first said they were going to do something with Obi-Wan, I didn't think they were going to dip into or any like traditional Star Wars stuff. I didn't think there'd be Vader. I didn't think there'd be Leia. I didn't think any of that. I thought it would be like this show about like him as like this kind of hermit, almost like a Western, right? I yeah. mean, we kind of got that with Mandalorian, Mandalorian right? Yeah. But imagine him like just this old quiet hermit who's like, who are you, old man? And he's like, got his lightsaber and he's but, messing but, with Right, but, uh, right. Like a Roman. I, I yeah, yeah. I would have thought, I would have thought that the direction they would have taken, he doesn't live on Tatooine, right? Mm -hmm. He moves to Tatooine when Luke is starting to be of age to keep an eye on him. But in the meantime, the last fucking thing he wants to do is draw attention to this planet where the savior of our planet is here. And he'd, like you said, he'd be on planets just avoiding bounty hunters. And like everybody and their grandmother wants to kill him because the empire will pay you whatever, a new house because you killed a Jedi. You know what I'm saying? And just him trying to find, and every time he goes, they find him and make it like a Western, like a reverse Western almost. Like, like Samurai Jack. A little bit. You guys ever watch Samurai Jack? Samurai Jack was fantastic. Absolutely. So yeah, almost like his, uh, it'd be good if he was like a samurai character. You could why didn't they make a samurai movie? Yeah, he could have been floating from planet to planet, you know, taking on people as he needed to be. And I mean, they're really talking about season more. They're, they're going to do more of them, and they they'll probably learn their lesson. And maybe they'll do that. Maybe they'll try more of that. And they'll. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they literally undo everything that you were saying, Tomo. And they went, we were playing. He's been on Tatooine this whole time. But now we know that there's more in it. We're actually going to make him leave Tatooine for like 15 years and do all well, sorts of shit. And then he'll come back. <laughs> well, I mean, but because like, like you said, like, so now they want to make more movies and all of that. So set it up where he, they, they perfectly set it up for that too, because they have this resistance that's been smuggling Jedi forever and a day. Right. And it's just like, oh, okay. Let's have him like help find these Jedi and help 
you know, find lost Jedi or teenage Jedi that don't know what to do because Vader's going to come and hunt them. And he finds some remote ass planet somewhere in the freaking outer rim or whatever, where he like puts something like, wouldn't you build a, some kind of a resistance? No, I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket because Luke knows the way. Really? Why? Like you have so much opportunity. Just get a bunch of new characters because then, oh, we can make a trilogy about whoever, uh, you know, Obi Dick Kowobi, and you know Obi Dick Kowobi comes and like has a new trilogy. You know, I, I mean, why why keep going back and making yourself a slave to these old characters? Obi and Dick. Obi Dick Kowobi, because <laughs> it sounds like Moby Dick. They're right. They're hunting the white whale. Let's make another white guy a hero. It's funny though because it always it just it almost makes me you you know you almost it's easy to forget that Alec Guinness was in one fucking movie. There's been a million Star Wars movies. Alec Guinness was in one movie, yet we still really think of him when you think of Well, I, I no, I, yeah, I suppose so. As a ghost. But what I was the reason I said that is because you know how Lucas revived it's played by Christopher Plummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How Lucas revised Return of the Jedi to stick in Hayden Christensen as uh, Anakin, even though it made no fucking sense because Luke Skywalker never saw Hayden Christensen Anakin. He saw weird, bald, old man Anakin. So that's right. the original Anakin at the end of Return, the ghost. Yeah, but they switched it because right. they were like, they were like, because he would be like, who's that random fucking like teenager? Like, who's that guy? I don't know who that is. <laughs> but it's almost making me think that they're then going to shift and do some completely other sideline like history of Leia just so they can use a force ghost of Obi-Wan where he's Uma McGregor instead and they go this is the Uma McGregor this is the Obi-Wan she knows like, um, I'll tell you what the next season of Obi-Wan is because that's been circulating now it's going to be Obi-Wan with the network and you know who's running the network Mace Windu because that's been a big thing now. And even Sam Jackson was like, and it was like, Mace Windu is dead. And he's like, is he? Did anybody find his body? He just fell out a window. He's got superpowers. He can land on a fucking jet and leave. He just has a missing arm. It's in his name. Fucking window. Yeah, <laughs> Mace Window. <laughs> I fucking ace windows. <laughs> Me, my ace window. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so like that's been the big like you know that 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 all the Star Wars geeks are going crazy for because it's like no nobody saw Mace Windu dead. Nobody found his lightsaber. Right, and he was the very distinctive purple lightsaber. Which well, is the- um, we're almost definitely going to get um, Ahsoka as well with Obi Wan. She's going to pop up in Sure. Sure. Well, she's getting her own show too. Yeah, yes. and in fact, I, I wouldn't surprise me if Obi Wan somehow ends up getting in there, not as obviously a guy, but maybe as a Force ghost, putting Uma McGregor as a Force ghost with a Shoka, like you know, like oh yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Why not? You can keep bringing back. And I feel, in a way, one of the best things about that show is Uma McGregor. Uma McGregor is excellent in the show, mm-hmm. um, and it, it acts as a great vindication for a lot of those actors. I say a lot of. Both him and Hayden Christensen get their chance to show, by the way, we were good actors with a shit, you know. Hayden great. Christensen, for sure, because yes, yes. Ewan McGregor, as much as people shit on the prequels, everyone always kind of agrees, like, ah, but Ewan McGregor was good as Obi-Wan. Yes. Hayden yeah, Christensen yeah. got ripped to shreds. In some cases, he was not great in those movies, but it, this was nice to see, like, some redemption for him, because yes. I think a lot of that was... 
those movies and everything else. And, you know, there's a lot you can say about that. So it was cool to see like the, the flashback scene of the two of them training together was a great scene. Yeah. And that was, that was really cool to see. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's funny because it comes full circle. There is the, one of the, when I mentioned about uh, Tom Sturridge who plays Sandman, uh-huh. he, one of the, his big break, so to say, was um, he, well, he was in a Richard Curtis movie called The Boat That Rocked uh, or Pirate Radio, I think in America. It was like a, it wasn't a very big Richard Curtis movie, like post Love Actually, like Notting Hill. It wasn't that big. It was funny, but it was not great. He was leading it. They were trying to make him the new Grant. And okay. then his big break was he was cast in a Steven Spielberg produced movie that they were going to make a big, huge franchise out of that was called um, Jumper. Okay. Uh, yeah. And he David was casting it. He was cut. Tom Sturridge was casting it. And they were a week away from pre production or a week away from shooting, I should say. They're in pre production. And the producers, not Spielberg, but the like, you know, studio execs decided that Tom Sturridge was a nobody and wasn't going to sell this movie and they needed to find a name, a commodity. And they came up with Hayden Christensen. Tom Sturridge was fired a week before shooting started Um, for no reason other than America doesn't know who you are. We're getting this guy Hayden Christensen because he's a star. (laughs) And then the movie fucking sank. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's funny how they, and then they're both researched in TV shows. It's funny, but it's, I, I thought it did a good job. And Uma McGregor, like I said, he's good. And I think it's odd watching this when you think, I think he's one of the few people of his generation that when you consider the amount of things we know him from and how often he's good, he's never been anywhere near an award of any kind, of anything yeah. ever. Yeah. I talk about Academy Award nominations, not even wins, but nominations, even Golden Globes. Did he's he never been near anything. Did he get anything for Big Fish when that came out? Nah. That was a great movie. That's a great movie. Great movie. movie. Great movie. You know, awards don't, the awards, people people hate, people treat Tim Burton like they treat comic book movies. They're like, this is not a movie. You know, like, he, he's great, but he just is always on the periphery. Like, he's treated like a, I don't know what he's treated like, but he's really good. He he, he must have been nominated for freaking train spotting, no? No. Next is an indie movie. That was an indie movie. It was like saying was Clerks nominated. It, when that came out, it was like a nothing indie movie and it blew up as a cult hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and then like Moulin Rouge, like again, like, you know, it's a musical, it's a fluff thing. Like, you know, it he's always been great in things that people have been like, yeah, we're not taking that seriously. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, he's he's he was like I said he was great in it. The storylines were, yeah, but yeah. So th- th- there's our Star Wars wrap. All right, boys. So what do you think? Do we think it's time to uh, grade our uh, drinks here? Are we calling it a day? I think so. Astrology. I, I'm just gonna bring us. We mentioned astrology before. I saw a store today, and it said a sign: astrology. Walk-ins welcome. What does that even mean? Do they get so many appointments, so many people re- reserving ahead of time that they have to let people know it's okay if you didn't it's okay. ahead of time? If, we, we'll we'll if, take you. Right. If we've if, got the room, you can come in. You're in such a rush to know what Mercury is in your star that you need to have a fucking walk-in. Who are these people? They're in a rush to get a reading for your astrological chart. 
Who are these people? It's prevalent nowadays. I'm always stunned at how many people I see on social media that literally go like, oh, Leo's in Virgo today. And it's like, is he? Good for Leo. Does he wear a condom? I don't fucking know. But, you know, there's so many people that on the surface you're talking to them, they're reasonable, and they start fucking throwing astrology around. And it's like, huh, okay, I guess you're not in a cult. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. What is it with astrology that made this so popular with, with the younger generation? Why is everybody going? Like, I had a, I had a voice teacher years and years ago, and she was, oh, she was always talking about when shit would go wrong. She was like, oh, Mercury's in retrograde. Mercury's in retrograde. Like, that was always her thing. But she was an opera singer. And I was just like, okay, she's just flighty. And I'm just going to ignore everything else. But she was literally the only person that I ever heard say that. Mercury's in retrograde. I had never heard that phrase before her. And now every fucking kid is like in retrograde. And, you know, Aquarius is in your anus. And I don't know what the fuck else is happening. And it's just like, okay, what? Look, the thing is, Tomo, no one wants to have to accept any responsibility for anything. And they want to be able to blame anything and everything on whatever they can. And astrology is the perfect way to do that. Because look, I'll give you, I'll give you something. What's, what's your sign, Tomo? I am a Capricorn. Well, did you know that for Capricorns, it's very common some days to feel good and other days to feel bad. And this is what these people do. They're like, well, some days I feel good. Some days I feel bad. They're right. I am a Capricorn. Let's I this. do feel good some days and I do feel bad. Or then it's like, oh, if you're a blah, 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 sometimes you yell at the people you love. And it's like, wow. So when I got, when I was an See, asshole and I cursed out my mother, which I shouldn't have done, that's just because I'm a cancer. A wow. Blah, blah, blah. It's no, not no, my a blah, 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 blah. Now I want to be born <laughs> so I could be a blah, blah, blah. Because that would be the best fucking astrological chart ever. What's the creature for blah, blah, blah? That's what I want to know. Is it like a worm? I don't know. But blah, blah, blah is my favorite sign so far. Let's Something go from the ocean. Let's go full, full whack. I'm going to give star signs based on... Um, in the UK, we take star signs very seriously. Okay. Um, we have a character called Mystic Meg. Um, I'll show you a picture of Mystic Meg. Is Mystic Meg a blah, blah, blah? Mystic Meg is, let's see if we can see her. This is going to be uh, the book. No, it, it's very mystic. I can't make out her face. I just see a wig. Yeah, she's, basically. That's, she's so mystic that that's all you need to know about her. But she's about <laughs> 70 years old. Um, and she has been going on British television for a long while. She made her name. She does The Sun, which is what I brought up here, which is the big tabloid magazine. It's the Daily, like Daily Post of England. Right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But... She used to have a spot five minutes before they drew the national lottery on television oh my God. where she would predict the people who were going to win the lottery. Um, and she would be genuinely, it's funny to watch now. She's dressed in the full garb and people aren't like thinking it's a joke. They're like, and what do you think, Meg? And she will be like, I just looked I her see up. a man who is driving a van in, in a suburban area and he's coming home. He has a wife and a dog, and he's going to be getting the numbers tonight. And, it, and it's like, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, I'm a man driving home." Yeah, exactly. And that's what she's to do. So anyway, this is her horoscope. So let's see. Me and Tomo have the same star sign. We're both Capricorn, yes. just like Jesus Christ. Um, 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm Martin Luther King. Um, yeah, this wasn't technically born for Christmas. That was just a thing to get the Vikings in. Uh, okay, right? let's potato, see. Potato. Okay. Mr. Meg says for this week. Okay. Even when a task at work seems unimportant, give it all you have, because this is your invitation to join a group who are going places. Although it may be something your family has never experienced, you could be winners. Love-wise, the gentler, more friendly your approach, the hotter the results. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. That's good. What are you, Andrew? Gemini. Gemini, Gemini, okay. Ooh. I mean, I can't. I mean, I can't argue with anything she's saying. I don't think it's pretty uh, spot on. Yeah, it's important. Gemini. What even is Gemini? I don't know any of the dates of Gemini is like late May to mid June. Late May to mid June. This is a good way to like weed out people is to know if they know what other people's star signs are based on the dates. That yeah. okay. Back in the day when I, just before you start reading, back in the day when I was a kid with like a fake ID, that was a big thing that the bouncers always did. Because you would, you would memorize the birth date and then the bouncer would be like, what's your sign? Uh, 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 cancer? Like, no, cancer's in July, fuck off. You know, and it looks like you wait. So the kids were like, what if, you genuinely, what if you genuinely didn't know? Like, I wouldn't know if other people didn't tell me. I've never <laughs> looked this shit up. Somebody was like, oh, you're a Gemini. That means you're blah, blah, blah. Ooh, well, we're going to have to look up Jessica Lania do after this. All right, Sean, give me mine. Okay. <clears throat> Mars, the strength and action planet, Ooh. gives you extra supplies of determination. You have positive attitude, and this dynamic version of you is a sizzling love attractor. Ooh. But do resist making life too complicated. Mm. A lucky lottery ticket for a relative benefits the whole family, and there could be a special reconciliation. So, did you get touched by a certain uncle? And is it all going to be okay when he gives you a couple hundred? <laughs> I won the lottery, so I'll give you a kickback and let's just pretend that never happened. Huh? Yeah. Ah, do you remember all that shit we did when you were a little lad? Here we go. This will make it right. I feel better. Oh, here, we, here we go, boys. I shared the screen. I just wanted you to see the most influential astrologers in the world, the Astro Twins. Oh. Look at that. They look like they could house an entire baseball field. Who's going to break it to the right-hand twin that she's more unattractive than the other one? <laughs> like, it's like it's it's all great. It's like it looks like you are putting the dryer for like twenty minutes longer than the other one. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Wow. Okay, so here these are the most influential astrologers on the planet: the Astro Twins, twin sisters Tall Edith and Ophira Edith are the Astro Twins. I kind of get the feeling their hair color is not really theirs. Okay. Uh, then Susan Miller. Look at Susan Miller. Astrology zone. What's astrology zone? She's a second generation astrologer. That's where you get the strength. Okay. Chani Nicholas. Chani Nicholas. Vanity Fair has proclaimed Chani as the internet's most popular astrologer. With a community of 1 million monthly readers, 
And as Oprah Magazine's resident astrologer, she certainly might be. And we can see why she transforms basic horoscopes about finding love or money into calls of action with a strong social justice message. What? Do the stars in astrology have anything or know anything about social justice? I, apparently. Then there's Annabelle Gatt, uh, who writes the comprehensive and inspiring horoscopes at Vice. She's certified. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't know this was a fucking thing. <laughs> She's certified by the International Society for Astrological Research. And you can learn more about her approach in her book, The Astrology of Love and Sex, A Modern Compatibility Guide. You can be a bad boy. How about being the bad boy of astrology who is not certified by the International Oh, wait a minute, Society. wait a minute. But let me finish the rest of her description. She's number four. But it's not all about certifications and publications. Her irreverent and dark humor really come through on her Instagram and Twitter accounts. Debbie Frank is next. She was the late Princess Diana's personal astrologer. Okay, so her number one client died in a tragic preventable accident. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my God. Did you, did you get that one, Sean, that I said today about uh, famous people last four words? Oh, oh that killed me. <laughs> Wait, we got to figure out, we got to redo the Instagram because when you send those, Tomo, they go to us individually. We need to set okay. it up so it's like a group chain. So oh, we're all okay. on the same okay, message. There's it. a way we can do that. But um, I was... I was literally dying. I showed that to Gabby earlier and just started cackling and she did not find it funny. And I, that made me find it even funnier. And I was like, wait, you don't think this is funny? And she's like, it's mean. And I said, it's not mean, it's funny. And I said, are you sure? And she was like, what? And I was like, I played it again. And then I started crying. I was laughing so hard. The only thing that could have made it funny was at the end of that tone was the sound of him voiding his bowels. That would have been the only <laughs> wait, should I pull it up? Uh, for, for our listeners, yeah, I think it works as an audio piece. I think yes. it would work. You share it. Audio. Hold on. Okay. What the fuck was that? Okay. Oh my god! You just have to listen very carefully, listeners. Where's Mystic Med in this fucking list? What's, what's ridiculous? I'm. I'm. Wait. Twelve. Sam Reynolds. Look at Sam Reynolds. He's number thirteen. He's been a Final words from famous people, part four. Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Final words from famous people, part four. <laughs> Stephen Hawking. <laughs> this is just terrible. What makes it even worse is the fucking computer-generated voice at the beginning is an updated version of his own lifelong voice. So it's like, this is what I am now. It's like, I'm better than you. Oh, that's so terrible. So terrible. All right. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) that's our foray into astrology. You know what? I feel like if we could find an astrologer with a sense of humor and get him or her on the show and drinking, that would be just a fucking bucket full of laughs. Or just a fortune teller. Or a fortune teller. Oh, we should get a fortune teller. We should totally get a fortune teller on the show. Oh, you know, have to we, should, we should start to do assignments. 
I feel like we should uh, we should each have an assignment to go and become an expert in a new like cult thing, and then test our skills versus a professional. That'd be a great segment. Like if one of us has to go out and become uh, a fortune teller, and then <laughs> and then is brought on in like you know however long six months with a real fortune teller and test their skills. I feel like that's a that's a that's a cool little segment. The, yeah, I, I totally see you doing that. Sure. I've always thought to myself a fortune teller. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. You're going to die alone, and everyone who says they love you is fucking lying. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like insult the comic dog, but it'd be insult the comic fortune teller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. My nice. whole family, well, I say my, my wife's family, including my wife, has, has had... Um, Fortune's told by this. Well, they call he's a medium. He's not a fortune teller. Oh my god! Um, and he's this. Lad. I'm not going to name him because no, don't name him because you know what? Fuck him. I'm going to be a large. I don't want to be a medium. I'm going to be a fucking large, and I'm going to be better than all these fucking mediums. Anyway, go oh ahead. yeah, in fact, I, <laughs> this guy. Oh my god! And and the amount of stuff I hear from everyone. They've had like a few sessions with him over the. Over the years, over the last like five years, maybe like every couple of years that someone does a session. And um, oh my God, like the shit. And I've seen loads of shows and documentaries and read a lot about this because I find it fascinating. Right. Not because I think it's real, because it's, it is fake. But what I find fascinating is the A, all the various different techniques and how it's been going on for 200 years. And the techniques basically have not changed. Yes, people still fucking believe it. And Guillermo del Toro did a movie recently, which is excellent, uh, Nightmare Alley, which kind of mm-hmm. delves into that. Um, and really what they were doing in carnivals 100 years ago is exactly the same thing they do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and people still fall for it. But what I find really fascinating is some of these people actually see... I, I, and this is based as someone who is a pretty good judge of character, like uh, a lot of these people actually really don't realise they're doing it. I think they just trick themselves into thinking they really actually know what they're doing. And I, I find it fascinating on the same level as I find the fucking Nazis fascinating. Like, I think it's the same phenomena. People just fucking believe the shit if you just, like, live it for long enough. And it's, it's fucking mad, these people. It is. Oh. It is. It... My mom goes to these fucking people and, and, like, literally will, like, drop, like, 50 bucks, 100 bucks on a reading. And then she'll tell me, it's like, yes, I know I was cursed. You know, it's like after, after my diagnosis, my, you know, we're all just kind of like, oh, fuck. And my dad started telling my wife that he was cursed because of all the bad things he did in his youth. And that's why like both his sons ended up the way they did. And I'm just like, yes, you're fucking absolutely right. It's like, no, it, it's like, okay. And, and it was just, my wife, she was just like, yeah, okay, uh, well, when, you know, she was kind of, <laughs> literally just kind of like started talking about the garden or something. It's just like, oh boy, it's like, you know, the amount, but I mean, it perfectly explains what's going on in the country today, right? People will just fucking believe whatever they want to hear. Yeah. Right? As long as they hear what they want to hear, it's the truth. Whether it has any basis in fact, they don't give a shit. They won't take two seconds to stop and think, but they'll just like, that sounds right. That's the truth. No, it's not. You know? 
That's why websites like Snopes exist, so you can look it up and see if they're full of shit or not. Oh, it's so crazy, all that stuff. At least in the old days, you had to have actual skill. Right. Now you don't. No. Like, now yes. I'm like, I love talking to people that go to like this guy and like quizzing them about every detail of the experience. I'm like, so did you book online? And they're like, uh, um, no, 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 we rang someone. Oh, you rang someone with your phone number? Like, uh, yes. But it wasn't him that picked up with someone else. Like, oh, so if I Google that phone number right now in New Jersey, I'm not just going to find out your name and your address. And then through that, I'm not going to find out a bunch of information about yourself, like straight away. They're, or they're like, oh, no, we didn't even do that. We just drove there. They're like, oh, you drove there. Did, was there security cameras outside? No, I don't know. It's like, you know what the fucking is? Because I used to live next to a medium and there's weirdly, I used to live in Lowdown, New Jersey, where there should be security cameras everywhere and there's fucking not security cameras outside the strip club, but there is outside the, the fucking psychic's house. Why is there? Because the psychic is fucking watching you as you're coming up. And they're like, <laughs> and then has anyone ever gone straight into the psychic's room? Or have you had to sit there and wait in an empty room of people they've gone, they'll be with you in, in 10 minutes. They're just finishing up something. They're, what are they finishing up? There's no one else in here. They're like, they're finished. I'm looking at the CCTV. Hey, hey, I'm running hey, your fucking hey, credit card. Hey, listen, you, you doubting, doubting Mustafa, walk-ins might be coming and they're welcome. So you just fuck off right now, okay? You love a walk-in. That's what I want a walk-in that I walk straight into a room. But it's going to be a walk-in and you have to sit there for 10 minutes whilst they read the fucking room and figure out who I, I honestly, I honestly... You know what? We should do that for an episode. I was just thinking that we need to all walk in, do one of these, and then just do an episode. Right and, and you know what? Like walk in and say, and say we're triplets. And see what they do with the fucking <laughs> We're triplets. We're just 20 years apart, but we're triplets. Yeah, like Tomo, we believe Tomo's our dad. Tomo's our biological dad. Me and Andrew are brothers, but we doubt that the DNA is correct. <laughs> is it true? Is it true? Are these not my sons of bitches? Like, motherfucker! I've been paying their bills for 20 fucking years. Oh, that would be fantastic. We should do that. We should totally do that for an episode. We need to do it. I, that, that's like we gift now. We, we have, have to do it. it. He said he was our dad, but we don't believe him. While we're, at, while we're at it, we have to go another one, because I've done the same thing when I was at drama school, is we, in the city, we need to all go into the Scientologist building and get a fucking audit. And get audited by the Scientologists. <laughs> that is fun that is really fun <laughs> oh my goodness so we Ooh. have to do that okay um we'll talk offline and yeah, we have to do that we need to do it and maybe like have it as our halloween episode that would be great and sean yeah you're gonna keep we're both gonna speak in our normal speaking yeah, voices yeah. right and you're gonna we're gonna have completely different accents but say that we're brothers and we grew up together and all the, and, okay. and i will walk in like this <laughs> I will talk. condition where I have a fake accent. It's not even my real accent. I mean, this, this is, this is, these women tell me these are my boys. I do not know if these are my boys. Are these my boys? My mother was a lady of power like you. So I want to check for sure that you, these are my boys. How do we know that when we go in and they make us wait in that room, that they're not going to somehow find our podcast listen to this episode and know everything know our entire plan if, dude if they do that they deserve every fucking penny that we pay they literally do deserve every if it was penny. that easy to find our podcast we would be uh, making a lot more money than we do yeah, we would be. <laughs> this is very true 
Okay. Okay. So we got plans for future podcasts. This is excellent. Um, all right. So let's give let's give grades for our drinks. Uh, Sean, why don't you start us off? How was the Prussian Imperial Stout? Um, it's good. Like I said, it was it was actually very nice. It's kind of refreshing in a way that's very simple. Nothing. There's no weird clawing like peanut butter taste or like you know right 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 whatever. It, it is what it is. It's a stout. It's a beer. I wanted a beer. It's it's strong, and um. You know, and it tastes like a stout, but it's not too much. It's not like I can have several of these and I'm fine. Um, I'm, I, I respect everything this beer is doing. I wish okay. more beers did the same thing. Um, I would give it a four two. Wow, high praise. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Um, Andrew, you want to go next? Or you want me to go? I'll go. Um, the old granddad's good. Uh, I enjoy it. I think it's. You know, I, I've made like an old fashioned with the old granddad before, and it's really quite good in that. Um, okay. I think being like the higher proof and everything, you get a lot of, sure, you get sure, what sure. you want out of the bourbon in it. Drinking it straight, it's good, but it's not great. And I think it goes back, you know, when you asked me earlier about this compared to the Elijah Craig, and I was saying like, it doesn't quite have as much flavor. It's stronger and kind of smokier as you first sip on it, and then it goes down smooth. But after drinking more of it, I realized it goes down smooth, but there's not much else. So you get hit with that kind of first hit of smoky bourbon taste, but then not much else. So there's not a lot of like extra or additional flavor to it okay. uh, in a way that some other bourbons have, you know, you get the, whatever, whatever the, the kind of, um, the kind of sweet mapley notes and all of that. You don't have a ton of that in this. Okay. So it's not my favorite, um, but I definitely would still get it again for, you know, making drinks and stuff. Yeah, so it's not bad. I'd probably give it um, eh, I don't know. It is still bourbon, and I love me some bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere between like a three and a half and a four. Say like a 3.7. Okay. All right. Respectable. Okay. And my echt schlenkerler Ralph Biermerzen. From Brauerei Heller from Bamberg, Germany. Um, it's a smoke. It's it, the word. The, the word Rauchbier literally means smoke beer. And this is a very surprising. We we went like on a run for a while, Sean. If you remember, where every time we got a beer, it wasn't quite what we expected it to be. Like we got a stout, and it was like super light, or we got a you know, uh, lager and it kind of tasted like a porter and it was just like, everything was kind of surprising. Yeah. This one's a little bit surprising and yet kind of keeping on track. And like I said earlier, it's a very smoky flavor. It's really complex. It's almost like a porter, but at 5.1, it is like a summer beer. And like, I would happily serve this at a summer barbecue. And not worry about people just falling all over the place because it's just like the smokiness of it. Like, I can't think of a better beer. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I suppose I could, you know, a nice light IPA or, or, a, or a Pilsner or something like having with your barbecue. But this, I think, would just enhance the flavors because of the smokiness. So I really enjoyed it. Um, I made the mistake of looking up, seeing the grade on Untapped, and overall, they give it a 3.5 which 
I guess it's okay, and, and we've said this before because our charts, like everything changes, and a 3.5 is not a bad grade at all. Um, but I, I think I'd give it a little bit more. I think I'd give it like a, a 3.7 because it's, it's really light to drink. Um, it's not too strong. And it, it feels like you're having a porter, but you're not having the after effects of having a porter. And so, yeah. like I said, like with barbecue, like you can kind of fill up on barbecue and fill up on this beer and be like, oh, this is a nice combo. And I'm not having too much of one and not, you know, and, and too much of the other. You know what I mean? It, it's because if you have like a big heavy stout and you're having barbecue, you're having two pieces of barbecue just to finish the stout, you know, as opposed to like stuff in your face with one or the other. Etc. So three seven. I'm giving that one as well. All right. So we have ideas for future episodes. We've discussed a lot of nerd stuff back and forth. Uh, anything else, gentlemen? Before we call this show uh, complete, do we have a fuck that guy for this week? I don't really have a. Fuck that guy for this week. I'm trying to think. Do I? But there has to be someone. I mean, there definitely is. I, I can't just can't think of one off the top of my head. Hmm. What about the Warner Brothers execs that pulled the plug on that Batgirl movie? That's, That's kind of potentially a fuck that guy. I'll find out from from my buddy Alex, a uh, friend of the show, been on the show. Um, the mayor decided because he what, came to some event. And he saw cops talking to each other. <clears throat> he doesn't want cops talking to each other on post unless it's uh, relates to, to actual police work. What? How did you determine that? Apparently, that's the order he gave out. Now the cops are like, so you're basically supposed to stand there with your partner or somebody and just fucking not say a fucking word unless somebody pulls a gun and comes at you. This is like, it's going to be like doing a shift with Dirty Harry. It's just like, <laughs> So right. what, what about that crime? What are we gonna do about the crime? Right, 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 right. Uh, so, so, so I nominate Mayor Adams as a fuck that guy. So actually, yeah, fuck that guy. I don't like that guy. Yeah, fuck, yeah, that, fuck guy. that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, there we go. We gotta fuck that guy in. So fuck him, prick. <laughs> yeah, he lived in New Jersey. That's suspicious. Uh, I, remember that. <laughs> I remember that being a thing. Anyone lives like, in New Jersey. He lived in Fort Lee. The fucker had a, like a fancy house in Fort Lee and then like had like his mum's old shitty apartment in Brooklyn and was like, I used to live in Brooklyn. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. fucking don't. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. All right. Well, there we go. We have a fuck that guy in the end of the episode. So uh, those are our drinks, folks. Those are our discussions. We broke down some Marvel, some DC, some Star Wars, and... We talked about the wonderful world of astrology and we're hoping to have some really fun episodes in the future. We just have to figure out how to like record this because we can find some. Yeah, we have to say we're like making a documentary or something. Uh -huh. Well, then we spoiled, then we spoiled the thing, the front. So we okay. can't do that. We're just gonna have to relay using our storytelling prowess what happened when we went to the astrologer. You think they would let us get a camera in there if we said we were recording a documentary about our bizarre family triangle? If we brought, if we brought a cameraman, yeah. Depending on where we go. Right. 
Oh, it would be so funny, especially if we got a cameraman who was like a little bit awkward. Dude, I, Zach would do it in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, he'd be good. He'd be great. Zach from my improv team, he'd be freaking fantastic doing that. Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> this brings me back to my college days where I walked around the high street with a camera from the library and just told people in the street that I was filming with MTV. <laughs> I, know, I just watch English people in like the early 2000s be like, like oh, yeah, well, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, folks. Well, there we go. That's the end of episode. What episode is this again? 103. 103, folks. Can you believe it? Ooh. Okay, so uh those are our drink scores. And like I said, those are the topics we covered. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you next time. Till next time. Bye.